You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen, your host this morning. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're going to talk to Christopher Dotson here in a little bit, but before we get him on the line, I just wanted to share that today is a day of um, sorrow in in our area here in Fargo, where the state's only abortion facility is still unfortunately in operation. And I just wanted to invite everyone to pray today for those who have come to our city here and are weary and have felt hopeless and without a good option, without a life-giving option, who have been told lies about life and about what they can do through Christ, who have been depleted of Christ, who have never been introduced to Christ, or who just feel that they've been abandoned. I just ask you if you would take some time today to pray for those in our area and across the nation who are still struggling through this issue and that we can truly take God's lead here on on his great gift of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and hopefully hopefully change the world, change the culture of death one person at a time. It's just something that's very heavy on my heart. I will be joining the prayers on the sidewalk today um, here in downtown Fargo to to hopefully give these women and these men who are there uh, just a little bit of hope. I think the word hope today is one that is close to my heart. I don't think we can give up on that. Um, another thing I, I want to mention again, uh, speaking of hope, <laughs> if if you have a loved one who's away from the faith and want to introduce them to St. Monica. Um, I have a book that I've written with a co-author, Patty Armstrong from Bismarck, and that book is ready for pre-order today through ascensionpress.com slash Monica. So I hope you'll go there and share that with others. And um, I believe we do have Chris on the line now, hopefully, so I will introduce him. Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm sorry what? about that. Oh, no worries. No, we, we, uh, we're just fine. But I'm glad you're here. And um, why don't we jump right into talking about the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Because, it, as you know, it's Wednesday today, and, and uh, unfortunately, abortions are happening in, in Fargo and other places throughout the country. Um, but what is going on right now? I'm imagining, as a lawyer, you have gotten quite busy. <laughs> uh, busy and then waiting and then busy and then waiting. Okay. Like. Okay. Okay. Um, well, thanks for having me on, Roxanne. Um, let's back up on what's happening. June 24th was when the Dobbs decision was decided. North Dakota has a trigger ban on the books dating back from 2007. It was revised in 2019 with regards to how the trigger language said. And it said that um, after a judgment, which would allow it to go into effect, the Attorney General could go to the um, Legislative Council and just certify that that event has occurred, and then 30 days after that, the ban would go into effect. And do Wrigley did that a few days after the Dobbs decision. The um, abortion center, represented by the Center for Reproductive Rights in New York, 
you know, they had they have twelve attorneys on record on the other side. Mm. Uh, sued the state um, to prevent it from going into effect um, on two grounds. One of them was that um, the attorney general jumped the gun because ju- the judgment in the Dobbs decision was not finalized in the lower court. It was just an opinion. Um, and the second was that there's a right to an abortion under the state constitution. Mm-hmm. Well, the judge, uh, so far, he issued a temporary restraining order on the grounds that the attorney general jumped the gun. That judgment means um, when it was finalized, um, because rather than just the opinion, he's got to finalize the order. Um so that his trigger was not valid. So the attorney general walked down the hall and did it that day and that afternoon, starting another 30 days running. Mm. So now abortions would become illegal in North Dakota, at least pursuant to the trigger ban, on um, August uh, 26th. Mm. So, but that was just a temporary restraining order. The Uh judge put aside whether he would... for another date, deciding on a preliminary injunction based on whether the state constitution um, has a right to abortion in it. He has set a date, a hearing date for that for August 19th, and then presumably will make a decision between then and the 26th on um, uh, whether that uh, whether he agrees with the state um, or agrees with the abortion center. I would not be surprised after that date we have appeals. So we're, you know, we continue to fight, and this could take a little while. Um, in my opinion, there is not a right to an abortion of the state constitution. In fact, the um, state Supreme Court already looked at this issue and did not find a right to um, abortion of the state constitution. Uh, most North Dakotans may not know we have five justices. And it requires four of them to find a law unconstitutional. Well, two of the justices that said there was not a right to an abortion in the state constitution, the previous case, are still on the court. So I don't see how they can come up with four. Hmm. So, unless they convince one of those others to change his mind. Right. I'm glad you shared your opinion about that because I was going to ask you, like, what do you think as a lawyer who's involved in this and what's going on? And, of course, we know it's not... I, what I see is that it's that spiritual battle, but it just seems like they're looking for any loophole possible. And I know that the law has to be adhered to. I understand that, but it's still humanity, right? It's still human beings sorting through all this. And right. But we are people who respect the law. Right. Um, as long as it's a just law. Um, and so we got to follow the process. That's, we, I mean... Every day, babies are killed is horrible, but um, well, we got to go through the process and do it right. Wow! Uh, right. The, there's there's another whole there's another whole um, uh, law involved here, and that is we also have a ban on abortions after detectable fetal heartbeat that was enjoined by the federal court in 2013. Uh, or around there, and um, the Attorney General has said that he plans to go back to federal court and lift the injunction 
on that law. So really we have two abortion bans that would go into effect um, if everything works out right. Mm-hmm. Of course, if the court finds there's a right to an abortion in the state constitution, that would also be unconstitutional. But again, I don't think they're going to get there. Mm. So there's, there's a lot to watch here, a lot of moving pieces. And um, we'll just, in the end, I think we'll probably, in North Dakota, ban all abortions except the life of the mother after about six weeks and probably allow rape and incest for the first six weeks or so. And then the legislature will meet after that and probably make tweaks to the statutes because there's, you know, the different statutes. They need to be cleaned up a bit. Mm-hmm. We have Christopher Dotson, the North Dakota Catholic Conference, um, from the from the North Dakota Catholic Conference on the phone. And he is discussing uh, kind of the outfall of the overturning Roe v. Wade as it relates to North Dakota, specifically legislatively. Christopher, were you surprised at all this, or did you kind of anticipate that this might be how it went if Roe v. Wade was overturned? I mean, you have a little bit more of a sense of things from your position. Um, I'm not surprised that on a legal action, um, that's that's their the way they work, their, their MO. Um, I'm a little surprised that they would try to seek in North Dakota once again, a right to an abortion in the state constitution. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure they thought it out. They were just doing it in every state they could. Um, I'd be, I wonder if they sat, sat around and realized they need to come up with four rather than three votes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am surprised at is the um, legislative reaction that we are seeing across the country, including Congress. That, I don't think the pro-life community anticipated, and we were caught off guard. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, when states where there is a legislature, you know, they are going forward on enshrining abortion rights, and Congress is looking to do the same, and the Biden administration is looking at every little rule and interpretation they can to force people to accept abortion or do abortions, um, that is a serious problem and something I don't think we anticipated. Or at least not happening so quickly. Yeah. What can you offer just the everyday person who's been praying for years for this and, and thought maybe we were coming to a point where there could be some light here? What what can we do as we wait? And what, what are your suggestions for us as, as we continue to pray? Well, I think um, it's important to remember that um, overturning Roe was never the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal was to make abortion unthinkable. And that was always our goal, even if Roe was always going to be on the books. And so we need to continue to work so that we create a culture of life uh, where no woman ever has to think about abortion as a solution to her temporary situation. Um so don't focus on the laws only. Don't focus on the votes and the legislature um, only. Look at what we can do in our families, in our businesses, um, in the pregnancy counseling center, in the sidewalk counseling, um, to build that culture of life. So keep persevering in faith just as before, right? And, and Because there's so much we can't control like with everything. And so we just move right. forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We we 
have to keep working toward that day, but, but uh, you know, Christ is the victor, and um, we're just in a battle here. Right. Well, on the other side of the break, we're, I want to ask you about the USCCB, because uh, there's some efforts there calling Congress to increase its efforts to protect and promote life, and that might be one thing we can join in. Um, and also, we want to talk about the Respect for Marriage Act. So, don't go away. We have Christopher Dodson uh, to discuss these things on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. On this Wednesday morning, we have Christopher Dodson from the North Dakota Catholic Conference on the line. He is always such a a, a blessing to us because there's so much going on out there with uh, abortion and and marriage and other legal things that we're trying to work through as a society. And most of us, at least me, I'll call out myself here, really are kind of clueless on, on what's going on in the interior, um, the, the legal aspect. So, Christopher, um, thank you for being on with us. Right before the break, we talked about, uh, mentioned the USCCB calling Congress to increase efforts to pr- pr- protect and promote life. What do you know about that? And yeah, maybe just explain even for our listeners what the USCCB is and how we can kind of connect with them. Uh, thanks, Roxanne. Um, before I answer that, can I go back to something we were talking about on all these lawsuits? Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
the the <clears throat> the prohibition crowd has incredible lawyers, smart lawyers, unfortunately, and they're very good um, working across the nation. There's lots. I mean, so I know Minnesota's involved in some litigation. Yeah, I just talked about North Dakota. I think one thing we need to understand is um, um, on the pro-life side to defend these laws. It's not like pro-life attorneys. Um, it's um, a, uh, attorneys general. Usually, their offices, solicitor generals, and just people hired by the state. They're not in their careers to fight for the pro-life cause like some of us. So. This is something they are assigned. They may be very sympathetic, but I mean, this is not their expertise always. So, I, it, you talked about um, praying. Let's pray for our attorneys um, mm. at, in our different states. Um, they're government lawyers, and they have to defend these laws. Um, let's pray for the wisdom and guidance uh, um, because they're up against some powerful lawyers with a lot of money. Um, that are 100% dedicated to the culture of death. Uh, so I, I wanted mm. to throw that in. Yeah, it almost there's almost like a little disadvantage, it seems like, as, as far as how you're describing yeah. it. But yet, of course, we know with our Lord that that can be overcome and, and will be. So um, really, all the, the most we can do is keep praying. I know it seems cliche, but um, it's a powerful thing. And and that communication with our Lord, you know, He's waiting to hear from us, and He wants to know what's on our hearts. He knows what's on our hearts. He wants to hear us say it. And so this is one right. thing that we can we can pray diligently about. So um, thank you for, yeah, that insight, because we wouldn't really have that otherwise. So uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they have a lot going on, too, behind the scenes, and they're our spiritual fathers that can yeah. help, too. So what can you tell yeah. us about that? Well, first, um, let's, let's explain to a lot of the listeners the difference between the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, USCCB, and the state Catholic conferences. Right. Um, the USCCB is not an organization over the bishops of the United States. It's just an association they belong to that they, you know, so, you know, they hire people to work on various issues, um, and public policy is a small part, um, to be honest. Um, uh, um, uh, in, on federal issues, just like a state Catholic conference is the local bishops um, working on public, public policy matters in that particular state. Um, but it's not binding on any of the bishops what the USCCB uh, does. And as practice, the state Catholic conferences and local bishops defer to the USCCB on federal matters, because they have the expertise. They're in the halls of Congress. They understand the federal government, um, just like they would defer to us on state issues. Um, there are some exceptions to that rule, but it's a, it's a general rule. Um, so someone like myself or Jason Atkins in Minnesota Catholic Conference and uh, others in the listening area, we're not the expertise on federal issues. Um, we defer usually to our Washington counterparts at USCCB. And that's the way we look at them as counterparts, because it's not like they're over the state Catholic conferences in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they communicate with us, and they have been busy um, on the, uh, what I would call congressional action and um, administrative action by the Biden administration. Um, 
it's surprising on the uh, congressional stuff because sometimes it seems like Congress goes months and months and months without doing anything, and then suddenly they start doing all kinds of things um, or not doing things. Um, recently, the USCCB and, and it's divided into committees with um, bishop heads, and the bishops, uh, particularly committees, wrote a letter or put out a statement saying, you know, Congress is working on all these terrible things plus to us, but they could be working on some very good things to help pregnant women and families. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the good things that they would like to see Congress move on is um, the Women's Health Protection Act, um, which protects um, uh, sort of the, 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 um, the women's health during pregnancy in the workplace, um, the Respect for Marriage Act. I'm sorry, I'm getting the names confused again. These are the ones I got the names mixed up. The Pregnant Workers Fairness Act is the one that protects women um, in, um, in pregnancy. Um, expanding the child tax credit, um, working on family paid federal um, um, family leave policy. Um, but instead, they're working on something that sounds like the other one. That's why I got it confused. The Women's Health Protection Act, which would they say would codify Roe, but it mm. goes much further than that. It 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 basically um, usurps the state's authorities, going against Dobbs, and would protect or provide a right to an abortion on demand with taxpayer funding through all nine months, mm. and um, would basically trump any state laws. It's a terrible bill. They were working on that. Um, a right to contraception act, which same type of thing. It doesn't even need to be done. Some of these were just political, um, and they're just um, they were responses by the Democrats to the Dobbs ruling um, to raise the. Um, so funny, but one of them got some traction, and that's the Respect for Marriage Act, okay. which is misnamed. Um, when basically it says is that, um, on, on one hand, it looks like it says we just are protecting the right to marriage in other states. States have to recognize other states' marriages, um, including same-sex marriage. Um, but in reality, it's, one, it, we don't believe same-sex marriage should be enshrined in a law that way. But it also would open the door for states having to recognize other states' laws on polygamous marriages. Mm. Um, and surprisingly, um, this passed the House with um, Republican votes and then moved to the Senate. Now, the good news is the Senate then shifted, or, or Congress then shifted in recent weeks to getting things done substantively. Um, on, um, you know, you've seen some of the energy and uh, climate change bills and some funding bills and some things for veterans. So um, I think in the last week, these things are dead for a while, and they're going to do the August recess. So hopefully the so-called Respect for Marriage Act will just die on the vine without getting a Senate vote. But it's something we have to watch carefully. It's troubling to, to know that so many Republicans kind of fell, maybe didn't understand. I don't know um, what that really was about or whatever. But again, more reason to pray, right? Be, because we have our work cut out for us in that area. Um, so 
how can we as Catholic citizens make our voices heard when it comes to important legislative issues? I think, again, I mean, prayer, of course, but is there anything else we can do um, concretely? Well, get involved with the your state Catholic conference for North Dakota listeners. If they go to ndcatholic.org, there's a sign-up sheet for our email and action alerts. Um, and the USCCB now has a um, like a voter voice um, system, um, which I'm not sure how to sign up for, to be honest. But if you look on the website, you might be able to find um, or just email my office at the andycatholic.org um, website, and we'll, we'll find out how to do that. Um, but to get action alerts from them on various issues, mm-hmm. on life issues, marriage issues, religious liberty issues, um, immigration issues, um, concern for the poor and what's happening in Congress. And a lot of what's happening right now also is in the administration, the Biden administration, is pursuing a number of rules that are not only anti-life, but some of them are very um, infringing upon religious liberty and conscience and um, it's a great concern to USCCB right now. Great concern. Well, because that doesn't need an act of Congress. Right, right. Uh, well, it's good that they're there. And I, I don't remember either how I signed up, but I know I get the text alerts from the USCCB kind of keeping us abreast of what's going on. And we need that. There's so much going on that we kind of need those little taps. And we appreciate what you do also. Um, any final thoughts? thoughts or or reflections christopher as we kind of get close to our our end here with you well remember that the elections are coming up um try not to be partisan look at the issues from the eyes of our faith um and make your decisions that way because elections matter but but then stay involved and especially as we're trying in this post ons world to create a world which is more uh pro-woman and uh, pro-child and or unborn child and come up with new ideas for new legislation to help create that culture of life so that no woman would ever have to choose abortion. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your time today. And up next, Father Craig Vachek from the Diocese of Crookston will join us to share about what it means to interiorize the Eucharistic revival in your faith life. Stay tuned and we will be right back with Father Craig Vachek. Thanks, 